Hey there, Delpo family. It is always a treat, and I have been enjoying bringing the word to you over the last couple of weeks. It's been a joy every week, but the last few weeks have been powerful because we've been studying about eternity, and uh, we've been talking about eternally, eternal values. In fact, week one, we sort of defined that God has put eternity in our hearts. We called it, we, we call in the series Echoes in Eternity, Eternity in Our Hearts. Last week, we looked at treasures in heaven, that we don't build our treasures in the basket of planet Earth, but in the basket of heaven. And uh, today is pretty powerful, and I sort of want to give you the heads up that it's probably going to be a sobering message, uh, because it's we're addressing some things that sometimes is not addressed a lot in church life and in church circles, but I think it's important. And to really get our perspectives, I think the first thing I want to share is that Jesus shared a lot of truth in the form of parables. He shared 30 parables, and of the 30 parables, 16 of them had to do with eternity, of which they had to do with heaven, they had to do with hell, they had to do with stewardship, they had to do with resources. And this morning, due to lack of time, we are going to go through a lot of scriptures because I want to make sure that I give you the right framework and not just share with you opinion that I have. But I might need to paraphrase some and quote, quote bits and pieces. But in Luke 19, Jesus teaches once again about the kingdom of heaven, and he does that again in the form of a parable and he talks about how a king gathers a servant it's actually a king that it's actually a prince that's about to be a king that's talking about jesus because jesus came on planet earth as a son of god and he went into planet heaven as a soon and coming king and he's actually talking about himself but he says about this this ruler that calls for these servants and he gives them mina that's what it says which is resources which is talents which is money which is all of that and we spoke about time tithe and treasure last week and then it says he returns and upon his return in luke 19 verse 16 he starts calling the servants one by one and says the first one came and said sir your mina has earned 10 more in other words you gave me whatever you gave me and I've taken it and I've multiplied it. I've been a good steward of it and it's come back with 10 more. And then check out what it says in verse 17. Well done, my good servant, his master replied, because you've been trustworthy in very small matters. Take charge of 10 cities. Now, I want to point to you the fact that I don't think the master was saying take charge of 10 cities here on planet Earth, but he was literally entrusting him with cities in the new heavens and the new earth, which we spoke about. But I want to zone in on these words, which was well done, good and faithful servant. And I want to call this sermon living for the well done, living for the well done. That's why all my stakes are well done stakes, living for the well done. Uh, and these words are worth hearing. You know, and the truth is sometimes we forget what we're living for. Sometimes we think we're living to get approved. We're, getting to, we're living to get a like. We're living to get some following. We're living for some people checking on our story. But literally we're living for the well done. And this message, if I can be honest, for me is quite complicated because we know that salvation is a gift. And, and it sort of doesn't make sense because if salvation is a gift, then why would Jesus say to you of you and I, well done. Because if Jesus is to say, well done, it means I should have done something. But what should I do if it's all done? And so we're going to break this and go on a journey this morning on what is it that we need to do? Because if Jesus did everything, what is it that we need to do? And to help us understand this, I need to bring in another word. We've been studying about eternity. Last week we spoke about eternal promises, but I want to bring a new word, which is eternal reward. 
eternal reward. We need to understand that there is something called eternal, eternal reward. A reward. In fact, when this message is, is finished, I, I wanted to will you take the time to read Second Corinthians chapter five. Because what I'm going to do this morning is I'm going to read portions of scriptures from Second Corinthians chapter five. We're going to lean in and then lean back, lean in, lean back, because I'm going to have open commentary as I go. So Second Corinthians chapter five, this is what it says. For we know that when this earthly tent we live is, take, live is taken down, that is when we die and live, leave this earthly body, that's what it's saying, we will have a house in heaven, an eternal body made for us by God himself and not by human hands. We know that we've studied that over the last couple of weeks. We grow weary in our present bodies. We long to put on our heavenly bodies like new clothes. How many of you know, the older you get, we get weary. You know, you can't run that fast. Joints are aching. Now when I text, my thumbs ache. You know, so it's like, you know, we're getting a bit weary. But the Bible is saying there's a new body coming. God's going to renew us. God's going to refresh us. That's encouraging for us. It says, while we live on this, in, the, in these earthly bodies, that's still our bodies, we groan and sigh. But it's not that we want to die and get rid of these bodies that clothe us. Rather, we want to put on our new bodies so that these dying bodies will be swallowed up by life. Verse 5, God himself has prepared us for this and as a guarantee, he's given us his Holy Spirit. Verse 6, so we are always confident even though we know that as long as we live in these bodies, we are not at home with the Lord for we live by believing and not by seeing. So in other words, Paul is telling the people, you might be going through pain. You might be going through aches. You might be going through all the... But in the middle of that, he says a little subtle thing. He says, but God's still given us the Holy Spirit. So God's... Uh, Paul is saying, things may be a mess, but God has put a little token reminder called the Holy Spirit within us, who is eternal. But he says... We are about to enter into a better kingdom. This is not magic kingdom. This is Messiah's kingdom. And he's saying, I'm calling you to a new heaven, to a new earth, a place where there's no more dying. There's no more sickness. There's no more crying. There's no more pain. There's no more anxiety. There's no more cancer. And then in verse 9, he says, for whether we are here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please him. Our goal is to please him. For we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So Paul is building a case and he's saying, I know you're complaining about your earthly bodies. I know you're complaining about your anxiety. I know you're complaining about your nervousness. I know you're complaining about your fear. But in the middle of all the complaints and all the failures and all the flaws that your earthly body has, you will still face a judgment based on how you stewarded your time here on earth. That's what he's saying. And so I want to give us five thoughts that's going to help us understand our arrival in heaven. Now I want you to know that when we put our faith in Jesus, we've been given a guaranteed pass to planet heaven, but there's still a little bit of an immigration process. And I want to talk about that. Here's my first point. My first point is this. Heaven isn't just a destination, but a motivation. Heaven isn't just a destination, but a motivation. The more we think about heaven, the more fired up we've got to be about earth. In fact, I shared that last week. I'm just giving a little Reader's Digest version of it. But the more I think about planet heaven, the more I'm wanting to be generous here on planet earth. The more I want to love on people, care for people, serve people, build people. The more that we understand it. So heaven is not just a destination. It's not just a talk. It's not just a thing we talk about in distant orbits far away in galaxies beyond our capacity to think or articulate, heaven is a motivation. 
In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 says, always abounding in work, knowing your labor is not in vain. I'm motivated because when I get there, when I get to heaven, I can see a cumulative gathering of the work I've done here on earth. Hence, heaven is not just a destination, it is a motivation. Here's my second thought, and this is probably going to spend a bit of time. Getting there, talking about heaven, getting there only takes grace, but getting rewarded takes grit. Getting there takes grace, but getting rewarded gets grit. It's only by grace. And I want to take a moment and talk about this because as you are hearing this message, depending on where you sit on the fence, because some of you are thinking, oh yeah, pastor, preach judgment, preach sin, preach repentance. And I want to take a moment, just a second and say right now, it's not by any merit that you enter heaven. It's purely by faith in Jesus Christ. The moment you say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I put my trust in you. Jesus, I put my faith in you. The moment you do that, you have complete access to the kingdom of God, to the kingdom of heaven. And it's only by grace that we enter. It's called unmerited favor. In other words, there's nothing I did that can achieve what God has given me by his grace. Now, there are different kinds of people because there are different tribes. And there's the tribe of grace that say, yes, grace covers everything. And I agree with you. And I say, yes, grace covers everything. And there's a tribe of works that say, yeah, but you got to do this and do that. And you got to do this and do that. And people get crazy on either end of the spectrum. But what we need to understand is that we need to understand grace, but we also need to understand rewards. We enter by grace, but we are rewarded by grit. And, and this is such an important thing because to read, and here's, here's, here's where the two are going to meet. The, the bridge at which, which grace and reward meets is a bridge called judgment. And I want to talk about judgment. And if I, if I can get you to trust me for a moment, maybe you've just met, we've just met each other for the last 10 minutes. This might be your first Sunday joining us. But I would just want you to trust me for a few seconds because I want to help differentiate judgment because I think the whole word judgment is complicated. I want to talk about some different kinds of judgment that's going to happen. The first judgment I want to talk about is in Revelations 20. I won't read it. I'll just paraphrase it. It talks about this judgment called the great white throne. And, and the, the reason why it's called the great white throne is because it's a throne and it's white and it's great. <laughs> I know you were looking at something profound, but it's just as simple as that. It's a great white throne, but this judgment is actually not for people that believe in Jesus. It's actually for people that do not believe in Jesus. And unfortunately, they are not going to go to a really good place. They're probably going to go to a place that doesn't have any air condition. Uh, and so, in fact, if you do not know where you are with Jesus, I want to encourage you to make a decision to follow him today. Today can be that day. That's the great white throne judgment. I think a lot of times as Christians, we know that. And I think we say, oh, I got saved because God saved me from judgment. God saved me and God did save you from that judgment. But there is another judgment. And this judgment is where, we, where it calls, where we, where, we stand, where we stand before the seed of Christ. In other words, this is what it says in verse 9. I'm going to read it again, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 9. Whether we're here in this body or away from this body, our goal is to please Him. Now, wait a minute. Whose goal is it to please Him? It's Christians' goal to, to please Him. Non-Christian, a person who doesn't believe in Jesus, their goal is not to please Him. Yeah. So this is talking to the Christians, right? Then it says, the people that, whose goal is to please Him, the verse, next verse, it says, for we must all, who's all? That's people that are living, that are people that are dead. The, the living Christians and the Christians that have already died. We're all going to stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we've done in this 
earthly body. Now, before you go into panic attack and before you break an agony, I want to let you know that this is not a judgment that determines that you're going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. If you are at this judgment, you've already made it. You can breathe. But what this judgment is, is this, this, this judgment determines how you're going to spend eternity. What we believe determines where we spend eternity. How we behave determines the way we spend eternity. So I want you to think about this judgment seat, or not as a judgment seat, but Paul puts it in a beautiful way. He puts it as an award-winning ceremony. In fact, Paul refers to it as a platform you reach by steps. And he makes a relationship between the judgment seat in Romans 9 and the Roman games. And in fact, in 1 Corinthians 9, Paul says, as all athletes are disciplined in their training, they do it to win a prize that will fade away. But we do it, what? For an eternal, remember we're talking about eternity, for an eternal prize. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. Now, Paul is not saying that I'm going to be disqualified and go to hell. He is saying that God is calling me to a newer place. God has got greater things for me. And I want to be disciplined in this race of, 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 of grace because there's an eternal prize that's kept for me. Now, what is that? In fact, he says athletes do it here on planet Earth for, an, for, a, for a little medal. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, think about it. When you think about the Olymp Olympic game, you know, who won Paul Walting in 1965? We don't know. Nobody cares. But Paul is saying that when we do this, when we run this race of grace, we have been given an imperishable crown that will last yeah. for all of eternity. Yeah. Paul is saying when we are faithful in the little, we will be entrusted with the more. Just like the guy that multiplied the talents, the guy that multiplied his resources, Paul is saying there are cities for you to build, cities for you to reach, cities for you to rule and reign. And that's the exciting part of it. Here's my third point on heaven. Sin isn't the issue, eternal significance is. When we get to heaven, we are excited. Let me tell you, when you get to heaven, there's not going to be any regret. There's not going to be any sorrow. You're not going to be second guessing what you're doing. But at the same time, what is going to happen is as you're entering the gates of heaven, there's going to be literally a scanning process. God is going to scan every thought. God is going to scan every word. Not your sin. God's not looking for sin because God's already dealt with our sin. The Bible says our sin is as far as the east is from the west. Our sin is hidden. Our sin is unseen. Our sin is, it's like we, it's our sin never existed. But in 2 Corinthians Chapter 5, reading it again, verse 10, it says, We must all stand before Christ to be judged. The same judgment that I was talking about. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. Now, as I was reading the scripture previously, you're like, if you're saying sin is done away with, why would God judge us based on the good or the evil we've done? Because if sin has been removed, then there is no evil. Now that word evil in the English is evil, but in the original Greek, it's not the word evil. It's not the word used for sin. The word there is actually not helpful things. The actual word there is God is going to judge between the stuff and the substance. Another, another translation says God is going to judge between what is in the box and what is outside the box. God is going to judge between the wrapper, what is in the box and what is outside the box. At the end of your life, God is saying, 
you're going to make it to heaven by grace, but you got to make a choice. Is this going to, is your, is your, is your life going to just be strawberry scented, water colored, but nothing, no substance on the inside. In fact, Paul says in first Corinthians chapter three, because God's grace is on me, I've laid this foundation. No others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be careful. He's talking about the foundation of our life. He's talking about now that God's entrusted us with grace, what are we going to do with the grace he's given us? That's what he's saying. What are the raw materials that he's going to, what we're going to use this on? Then he says, for no one lay any foundation other than the one we already have. Now check out verse 12. Anyone who builds on that foundation. Now here's the point. Getting to heaven was your foundation. But what you're going to use to build on that foundation, that's what we're talking about. Anyone who builds on that foundation must use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. Can you see the disparity here? Gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. I would use straw, hay, gold as a wrapping material. But I want to build my life on gold, silver, and jewel. But on the judgment day, fire... You know where that fire is coming from? It's going to come from the eyes of God. Fire will reveal what kinds of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, in other words, when God's eyes, when God looks, when you're standing before that judgment throne, when, if that work survives, in other words, if your life was built on gold, the foundation, the grace that God gave you, if it's built on gold, silver, jewels, that means the work has survived, the builder will receive a reward it's pretty simple but if the work is burnt up let's say for whatever reason you've just been zoning around in life i love the grace of god i love the grace of god i'm gonna still stuff up i'm gonna still do whatever god keeps and here's the thing you can stuff up one million times and god will keep forgiving you but what happens at the end of this is it says if the work is burned up check out what it says the builder who's that that's you and me the builder will suffer great loss but i love it because it says but the builder will be saved you're saved because when you put your trust in Jesus, you're saved. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through a wall of flames. I know this is sobering, but also let this be encouraging. And I'm not saying this to condemn you. I'm saying this so that God can do a deep, deep work in you. I love how the Bible is so articulate in helping us understand grace and reward. This is not a work thing. This is a reward thing. We enter heaven by grace. We are rewarded by grit. And I want to ask this a question. Is the work that we're building upon the gift of grace, is it built with hay? Is it built with wood? Is it built with straw? Or is it built with gold? Is it built with silver? Is it built with jewel? I reckon a lot of times when God is referring to wood, hay, and straw, I don't think it's got to do with the quality of our ministry. But I reckon it's got to do with the quality of our attitude. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I reckon it's got to do with the quality of our attitude. And I want you to understand this, that literally what this is about is what did you do with the life that Jesus died for? And I want to say one more thing. When God scans through your life, he's not scanning through your life with the eyes of judgment, but he's actually looking at your life through the eyes of hope. He's saying, I can't wait to look at Alwyn's life. I know there's going to be some gold in there. I know there's going to be some jewels in there. I know. And let me tell you, when your work is burnt up and if there's nothing left, the person that's not disappointed is not you because you know heaven is a wonderful place. You're going to be caught up. It's like Disneyland on steroids. But the person that's going to be disappointed is Christ saying, 
If only you believe more. If only you gave yourself more to the gift of grace. I'm talking about living for the well done. So having said that, I know that was pretty heavy. What do we do? We act now. John chapter 9 verse 4, it says, I got to work the work of him that sent me. We got churches to plan. We've got cities to reach. Social media, let's use our social media platform not to broadcast wood and hay. Let's use our social media platform to broadcast gold and silver. Let our lives carry the aroma of Christ. Let our lives carry the aroma of Jesus. What can we do? You're saying, what can I do, Pastor Alwyn? I understand. Find somewhere to serve. I'm not saying do a roster or get on a roster. I'm saying whatever it is, there's a great opportunity before us to spread the gospel. There's a great opportunity before us to reach people far from God. And talking about judgment. So I spoke about judgment number one, which is the great white throne, which is people that don't know Jesus. I spoke about the judgment before the seat. That is the judgment that we that follow Jesus. But you know what? There's another judgment. There's a bigger judgment. There's a greater judgment. There are different kinds of judgment. And do you know there are some people that are going to get a higher judgment? Do you know someone who's going to get a higher judgment? I'm going to get a higher judgment. In fact, James chapter 3 verse 1, it says, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And I say that, we say that to you because I never want to come across convicting. I never want to come across condemning. And every now and then I have to have a, look in the mirror and remind myself daily that this is a privilege. This is an opportunity that our church, our family here in Brisbane, our family here around the world would entrust me to bring the word of God. And I'm so privileged and I never wanted to get into my head. I never wanted to run my pride. I never wanted to say, oh, I'm so good. And I have to constantly go before God and say, God, I'm so, I'm so in awe. I'm so humbled i'm so you know distorted by your grace by your love by your opportunity and i want us to know church that this is not just a you thing this is an us thing this is the we thing and 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 i want to even take a moment right now to thank people that would trust me with their time to share the word but i i believe that this message is speaking to all to, to all of us there may be people in ministry there might be people running a department serving on team that might need to realize i need to I need to build this not on wood, I need, uh, not, on, not on hay, but I need to build this on the Word of God. I need to build this on grace. I need to build this on, on, on silver. I need to build this on gold, that it's pure, that it's called of God. Maybe there's fellow brothers and sisters, Christians that are saying, I need to do something more significant for the glory of God. But there may be somebody else watching that do not know Jesus. And I want to take a moment right now to plead with you, to beg of you, Say, if you are not sure about your relationship with Jesus, I do not want to lose you. We can do all these things. We can broadcast. We can do Zoom. We can do everything. But I do not want you to lose your soul. And, and, and I, I, I'm pleading with you. I'm begging of you right now to say, Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I put my trust in you. In fact, I believe all of us have a little bit of air of conviction that's come upon us. And that's okay. Let's embrace it. Let's receive it. That's from the Holy Spirit. And let's say, Holy Spirit, I open my heart to you. In fact, why don't we pray right now? Father, I pray for every person watching. And, and we just open up our hearts. Holy Spirit, we allow you to come into the crevices and the corridors of our heart. We, we pray that you would reveal areas that have been built on wood, areas that have been built on hay, 
areas that have been built on things that you cannot really utilize for your glory. And we pray, God, even right now as I sense your presence, I pray for every person far from you. I pray, God, that they would know you today. I pray, God, that they would receive you today. I pray, God, that we will not buy the lie of deception that we know you when we don't know you, Father. I pray right now that people far from you would run to you. And I pray for those of us that know you that we would have a bigger determination that we would have greater vision in the season and say, I want to throw all my chips in the middle of the table and say, I'm in this completely. I'm all in to all that you've called me to do. We give you all the glory. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a powerful time. What a powerful time. And I'm praying that, that God would speak to you. And I believe God has. In fact, if God has, please write to us. And we want to encourage you during this time. We want to be coming around you. We want to virtually put our hands around on your shoulders and come around you and love on you and be there for you because let's let's do this together. How amazing would it be when we're all together in heaven knowing that we are all living for the well done. God bless you. We love you.